0: Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Amen. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints, when Isaiah sees the glory of God filling the temple, and the seraphim flying around the glory of God, crying and singing their holy, 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 He is overwhelmed and cries out, Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips. What a confession. Isaiah not only confesses that he himself is a sinner, but that everyone around him is also a sinner. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips sin is the problem but look at this we we have our own sin and we have our neighbor's sin and this second thing our neighbor's sin is what Jesus is talking about in the gospel text he's teaching us how to handle the sin of our neighbor we know generally at least we should know what to do about our own sin when we sin against someone we go to the person we confess our sin We apologize. We ask for forgiveness. We come here to the Lord's name. We confess our sin and we hear the absolution. We drink the body and blood of Jesus with His promise. This is shed for you for the remission of sins. And if we have persistent guilt, you you come to your pastor. You confess your sins. You get the absolution particularly and privately just for you. That's, That's how we take care of our own sin. But what about the sin of our neighbor? Jesus makes a joke about it in the text. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log that's in your own? It's silly. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when you don't see that you have a log sticking out of your own? You hypocrite, says Jesus. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. We are by nature, by sinful nature, meddlesome. We try to root out the other people's sins. And we do it under the guise of being helpful to them. But we miss all along our own glaring sinfulness. If we're going to help our neighbor with their sin, we must first know our own sin and that it's worse. We must repent of our own sinfulness... Because it's only from the posture of repentance that we can be of any help spiritually to our neighbor. But then, and this is the tricky question, the difficult one. There is the question of our neighbor's sin when it is against us, when it falls on us. What do you do when you are sinned against When someone else is the sinner and you're the victim of that sin. What do you do when you're the one that's been violated or hurt or slandered or whatever? You can't confess someone else's sins. And you see the trouble. It's sin of a different sort. And we, I'm afraid, as sinful people, are particularly bad at dealing with this. When someone sins against us. And the devil loves it. We are all sinners. You know that, right? Uh, You know that I'm a sinner? That you're a sinner? That the person sitting next to you is a sinner? (laughs) Are you looking to check? (laughs) But then the person comes and sins against you, and we're shocked. What? A sin? From a sinner? I'm so surprised! (laughs) But what did you expect? And then what do we do? We get angry with the person that sinned against us. Now, to be angry with someone that sins against us is not the problem. That just happens. But we let the anger settle in. You know what I'm talking about. The the anger is like a warm bath and we kind of ease into it. (laughs) Or Or the anger is like a pile of pancakes and we start to pour syrup on it. This kind of anger is nothing more than self-justified lack of love. And anger, and this is what we're talking about, a persistent anger toward your neighbor, an anger that's walking down the path towards hatred. This anger is a verdict passed in your own mind, the verdict that your neighbor does not deserve your love. Now, think about that for a little bit. There are people, I suspect for each of you, there are people that because of what they've done to you or what they've done to someone that you love, that you have excused from loving. I don't have to love that person because of whatever. Now, maybe you've never had or thought that explicit thought, but that thought is there. A few weeks ago in Bible class, we were talking something like this, and I asked people to think about their families, if there were people in their families that weren't talking to each other. They they, they had cut off all communication. And I think a dozen of you came up to me after that Bible class and said, so it's not just my family? (laughs) I think if we were to have a raise of hands that we would have most of us in here would raise our hands, that there are people in our families even that aren't talking to each other because they're angry with each other. And they've justified that lack of love. (laughs) I want to be very clear about this. If that person that's refusing to talk to someone else in the family is you... Stop. Stop it. It is impossible to love someone if you refuse to talk to them. If the person doesn't even have a chance to apologize or make amends or whatever. If you refuse to communicate with the person, you're cutting them them off even from the possibility of love and you are ensuring that you remain angry with them. But this is what anger does. We have the command from God to love our neighbor. But anger comes along and it makes an exception. I've got to love everyone, but that person. So and so, because they did this and that. And now I've put my place, I've put myself in a place where I can sin against a person. And look at this, I don't even feel guilty about it. In fact, I feel like it's a good work to sin against that person because after all, they deserved it. Anger does to your conscience what a strong shot of vodka does to your balance. It knocks it completely out of whack. I sin, and now, because I'm angry, it doesn't even bother my conscience. And we wonder why the devil's always tempting us to be angry. <laughs> Anger is the foundation of the sturdiest unrepentance that there is an unrepentance built on pride and self-defense and a numbed and wounded conscience it's dangerous anger is dangerous and and the devil uses anger like a crowbar to pry the cross of jesus out of your heart watch this someone sins against us and the result is we do not want that sin to be forgiven We certainly don't want to forgive that sin. And, and I think this is the most damning accusation that we can level against anger, and we don't want Jesus to forgive that sin committed against us. We would rather that Jesus wouldn't have died at all than that he would die for that particular sin. Think about it. Now, this is tough medicine, but think about this. Think of that sin that has you righteously angry. Or that has you upset. That sin that was committed against you that has you bitter. That's estranged you from the person that you love. Or the person that used to be your friend. Whatever. Think of it. Now, a lot of times these sins are old. Old sins. 10 years, 20 years, 50 years old. They've been festering like a splinter under your skin for that long. Think of that thing, that terrible thing that someone did to you. Or someone did to your loved one. You think of it? You have it in your mind? Now, tell me what you think about this. Jesus died for that sin. Jesus died to forgive that. I think that hurts, doesn't it? You don't want Jesus to die for that. But Jesus died for all sin. Every sin, even the sin committed against you, is died for by Jesus. It's forgiven by Jesus. But we would rather be mad. We would rather let that sin stand as unforgiven. Because as long as that sin stands as unforgiven, then I can stand as judge. And I can keep standing as judge. I would rather have Jesus down off the cross and the person that sinned against me hanging there. Do you see how anger works? How it dislodges Jesus from the cross and from our own hearts? But Jesus will not give up His place. He will suffer and die for your sin and for your neighbor's sin. He will forgive sin, all sin, the sin of the world. And you, Christian, marked by the name of Jesus, you do the same. Jesus says it like this in the text Be merciful. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you in good measure. We, the Lord's people, we who are called Christians, are marked not by anger, but by mercy. Not by judgment, but by kindness. Not by vengeance, but by patience. Not by a hatred for our enemy, but by forgiveness. It can't be any other way. Now, this is one of those sermons that I want you to talk to me about especially if, there's, if you're sitting there and you've got this long old anger that's been driving you and destroying you for years. If you've lived with this anger that for so long that you don't know any other way to live or any other way to think. I think in some cases there's fear of the sin that's been committed against you and the shame that results from it when someone hurts you. And this thought that if we don't defend ourselves, nobody will. But, dear saints, you do not need to defend yourself. You have a defender. Jesus. You do not need to cover your own shame. There is one who covers you with his perfect righteousness. Jesus. You do not need to be vengeful. Or execute justice. It's been accomplished on his cross. We then deal with the sin of our neighbor. And the sin that's committed against us. By mercy. And by forgiveness. Because Jesus died on the cross. That's the only reason. But it's enough. Jesus, Jesus forgives sin. He, He takes away guilt. He takes away your guilt. And He does not get angry when we sin against Him. Dear Saints, He loves you. In fact, you, all of you, are lovely to Him because He has called you holy. He has taken away your sin. He has covered you with His blood and He has called you to be His own. He has marked you with His name, cleansed you with the water of baptism, fed you with His body and blood, the heavenly meal of forgiveness and life and salvation. He has done all of this for you, all of it, simply because He loves you. So dear Christians those marked by the name of your dear Jesus cast your anger aside and rejoice in the love that comes from his name it will not <laughs> it will not disappoint you in the name of Jesus amen and now may the peace of god which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.